0: From the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast, this is Ag Day.
1: Planning for the party, a look at what you may be paying to serve up some of your favorite foods on Super Bowl Sunday. Still shrinking, what a new cattle inventory report has to say about the nation's cow herd. As farmers face important decisions,
0: Matter of fact, farmers should be rooting for them not to pay anything.
1: What you need to know about this year's farm programs right now on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Farmers are running out of time to make their 2023 farm program decisions, and for most producers that raise corn, soybeans, or other major crops, that decision should be easy with the current high prices for most crops. Right? Well, Ag Day's Michelle Rook joins us with the answer, Michelle.
2: Clinton, even with the historically high grain prices, the decision between the agricultural risk coverage and price loss coverage is still important just in case there's another black swan event that hits the markets like the COVID-19 pandemic. Plus, ARC provides some protection for revenue losses. Now, PLC pays only if the final mid-year average price drops below an effective reference price. However, ARC is a combination of price and county yield, similar to revenue protection crop insurance. It only pays if the final revenue is at least 14% lower than the benchmark revenue. And the farm CPA, Paul Nefer, estimates that neither ARC or PLC will make a payment this year for corn and soybeans unless the county has a substantial decrease in yields under ARC CO or ARC County.
0: Matter of fact, farmers should be rooting for them not to pay anything because if they do pay, it means that the price of corn dropped from like 580 down to under 370 or the yields drop by about 40%.
2: So what does NEFA recommend for farmers for the 2023 farm program sign up?
0: My suggestions, if a farmer wants to sign up for SCO, they have to go PLC, Um, but if they have multiple farms, because a lot of times they have multiple farms listed with the FSA county office, I would probably hedge it a little bit this year maybe go PLC on their higher yielding ground, maybe go ARC on some of the other, just to hedge it a little bit.
2: A reminder that SCO or the supplemental coverage option Nefer mentioned is a relatively new crop insurance option where farmers can lock in more of their expected revenue above the 85% level. You will need to contact your crop insurance agent for this product. And the deadline to change elections or enroll in the farm program at County Farm Service Agency offices is March 15th. If farmers make no election, then they default to whatever program choice they made for the most recent crop year.
1: An ice storm is continuing to impact a large area from the Southern Plains to the Tennessee Valley. This is how it looked Tuesday morning on the roads around Dallas, Texas. People were being asked to stay off the roads if they could due to waves of freezing rain along with sleet hitting portions of the state. Overnight, temperatures dipped into the 20s with more freezing rain expected today. Meteorologist Chuck Heaver joins us now. And Chuck, that's not all you're watching. There's concern about heavy rain and the possibility of flash flooding across the deep south.
3: While the southeast is the target over the next couple days, you can see here above normal precipitation anticipated in the south of the storm pushing through Texas and bringing in a mixture of rain, freezing rain and heavy rain possible down on the Gulf Coast. You can see here Wednesday, this is future radar shows the storm slowly working its way and laying down copious amounts of rain over through Louisiana. And then in Dallas, we're looking at freezing rain and yes, folks, and ice. It's going to be a really interesting day in the south. Okay, how about Elwood, Nebraska? Well, despite the snow and chilly conditions, a spectacular photo right here out of Nebraska. This is courtesy of Ben Rand. Ben is in Elwood, Nebraska, and he shared this amazing photo that he took after a recent round of snow. Okay, I'll be back with more on your full forecast coming up. All right, thanks, Chuck. Six western states that rely on water from the Colorado
1: River have agreed on a plan to dramatically cut water use in the basin. It comes months after the federal government called for action and one deadline passed. Now, those states propose raising the levels where water reductions would be triggered at Lake Mead and Lake Powell. The modeling would result in about 2 million acre feet of cuts in the lower basin with smaller reductions in the upper basin. In California, with the largest allocation of water from the river, is the loan holdout, with officials saying the state would release its own plan. Now The Colorado River and its tributaries pass through seven states and into Mexico. It serves 40 million people and a $5 billion a year ag industry. With more beef cattle being sent to feedlots earlier than normal due to drought, is the contraction of the U.S. beef herd nearing an end? Well, USDA giving us a better look after releasing the latest cattle inventory report. It shows that as of January 1st, inventory was down 3% from last January. That's close to what the market anticipated. Now it adds up to 89.3 million head. All cows and heifers that have calved was down 38.3 million head, also down 3%. All heifers, 500 pounds and over, totaled 19.2 million, that's down 4%. Well, Beef replacement heifers were down 6% at over 5 million head. And the 2022 calf crop? It was estimated at 34.5 million head, down 2%. United Airlines is teaming up with a corn ethanol maker in order to ramp up production of green jet fuel. United Airlines biofuel producer Green Plains and energy infrastructure firm Tallgrass Energy Partners are all investing up to $50 million to form Blue Blade Energy. Its goal is to create technology that would simplify making sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF, from feedstock and bring it to market by the year 2028. The venture centers around the idea that ethanol will beat out other commodities like vegetable oil as a preferred ingredient for making green jet fuel. Market analysts continue to revise what meeting those renewable diesel goals will ultimately mean for farmers.
4: The RVO came down from uh, from EPA back in December, late November, December, and so that adjusted our acreage a little bit. We now think it's somewhere between 14 or 15 million acres additional that we need by 2026, looking forward in terms of soybean acres. But that demand pull for acres is so large, we have reached peak farmland in the United States. There are no more extra acres unless we start seeing a release from the CRP program. So. Bullishness is there for soybean oil as we look at the last half of the year. We think soybean oil will make new all-time highs, and this will have an impact then for planning decisions not this year, but for next year in terms of needing more acres as that crush facilities come online.
1: Now, United Airlines Ventures president says the initial investment is for testing. If that's a success, then hundreds of millions of dollars in financing would be needed to build an initial production plant, followed by a facility that could start operating by the year 2028. From our news gathering partners over at the Packer, a big announcement in the produce market. Dole is selling its fresh vegetable division to an affiliate of Fresh Express. Now, Fresh Express is a subsidiary of Chiquita. The deal is worth about $293 million in cash. Dole's fresh vegetable division includes iceberg, romaine, and leaf lettuces, along with cauliflower, broccoli, celery, asparagus, as well as salads and meal kits. The division employs 3,000 people, including ag operations and four processing plants across the U.S. Chiquita Holdings chairman said the acquisition would lead to expanding choices for consumers. Now The sale still needs regulatory approval. China's hog numbers continuing to rise as the country rebuilds after African swine fever. The sow herd increased in December 0.6 percent to 43.9 million head and was up 1.4 percent from the end of 2021. Now, according to Ag Ministry data, China's big herd also increased almost 2% in December to 453 million head and was slightly larger than last year. This is continuing to put pressure on Chinese hog prices.
5: I think we're a bit surprised to see after a one-week uh, holiday here for, uh, for China, they came back in and actually had a cash hog price lower than all the prior winter lows.
1: Nelson says prices are also lower with demand still suffering due to COVID. Market analysts thought consumption would pick up with the easing of their COVID restrictions, but it's been offset by the surge in cases. They are more hopeful for second quarter of this year. Wheat was the price leader in grains on Tuesday. We'll have analysis coming up next, and later gearing up for a Super Bowl party. What you could be facing when it comes to the cost of food this year.
4: Ag Day is brought to you by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Closing Wheels provide quicker emergence and are more consistent in dry conditions than any other closing wheels. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package.
1: Soybeans slightly higher Tuesday despite better weather news for Brazil production powerhouse Monte Grosso. Michelle Rook is back to discuss that and higher wheat prices in markets now.
2: Tuesday was a mixed day in grain and livestock futures trade. Oliver Slope is joining us with Blue Line Futures. And certainly uh, Tuesday, you could really feel it was end of the month.
5: Yeah, It certainly was. It was kind of a tug of war between the bulls and the bears in the overnight session and through the morning trade. We saw grains working higher again overnight but really failing to sustain that momentum or at least corn specifically and talking about it being the last trading day of the month and looking at where prices have come from since the start of the month march corn uh was only up one and a quarter cents for the month so although we did see some bigger uh price fluctuations through the month we really haven't gone anywhere too fast and i wouldn't be surprised to see that continue to be a theme going forward until we get really some new news to give this market new direction or just get a technical move to encourage some uh, new fund flows.
2: Yeah, we did not um, get above resistance areas in either corner soybeans on Monday when we took a stab at it. So what would be the catalyst to get us over those points, Oliver?
5: Well, I I think money flow tomorrow we do have a FOMC meeting and that's going to be a big one The statements out at 1 p.m. Central Time followed by uh, arguably more important uh, press conference from Fed Chair Jerome Powell that could have big implications on the outside markets, including currencies. Obviously, that doesn't have a direct impact on grains, but I think there's a potential for some spillover volatility certainly but i think looking at grain specifically a lot of it is going to be weather oriented obviously south america has really stolen the spotlight over the last several months which which is typical this time of year right we're focusing on brazil and argentina we know that the hot and dry conditions in argentina have uh, helped support prices they got some moisture here as of late but it looks like things are turning back hotter and drier and that could keep a floor underneath the market where now, on the counter side, you've got Brazil, who's got a, a bumper crop you know, right around the corner. Harvest pace has been a little bit slower than we'd like to see with wetter conditions, but I think they will eventually get that crop out of the ground, and it'll, it'll be a good one.
2: So wheat market, we had higher weekly closes last week. Do you think we've turned the corner now and put the bottom in or not?
5: it's it's trying to carve out a low that march contract for chicago 760 765 is a big big inflection point we've tested that several times but haven't been able to get through that and as with corn i think if these markets can get out above technical resistance there's room to run if we get out above 760 765 i think that could potentially spur some short covering from the funds there's not a lot of technical resistance until you get closer to eight dollars
2: Yeah, and the funds are really short in Chicago, so that could really get that rally going. All right, thanks for joining us. Uh, Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures, and more Ag Day coming up.
4: Ag Day is brought to you by Duracade Viptera.
1: Chuck for joining us here taking a look at our national forecast. And we've been kind of tracking the fronts across the country. And it looks like maybe
3: Dallas facing
1: some winter storms.
3: Yeah, can you believe a winter storm warning posted? There's going to be ice, freezing rain, and lots of heavy downpours. Well, to help understand what is going on here, we have a storm that is formed. We're going to look in the upper levels of the atmosphere to show you what guides the jet stream, guides the storms. And with this dip in the jet stream, we have a storm that's formed, and it's moving across Texas. Now, we also have cold air in place, and so with that combination, we're going to see rain, freezing rain, and ice buildup. In the Dallas area, winter storm warnings are posted throughout the day today, and it's going to continue to move up into the Tennessee Valley. It's going to get messy down to the south. They do not have the equipment there to treat these types of situations, so it's going to be a rough one. Then things go more zonal, and we're going to see mild conditions throughout most of the country. We'll get a little bit of dip of this cold air in the northern part of the country, but you can see most of the Arctic air is bottled up where it should remain in Texas. So for the remainder part of the United States, here's a little blip of cold air that'll push through uh, later in the week and uh, give a chance for some lake effect snows. So here's a look at the Wednesday 7 a.m. Future radar and that's pushing this rain shower. See that I in Dallas right there? A very thin line, but it's also gonna push all the way up here. We could see heavy amounts of rain down in southern Georgia over into Louisiana. And these are the lake effect snow showers on Friday, That I was talking about, and then another system pushes through the center part of the country and basically gives us another round of potential precipitation. Here's temperatures for February, what we're anticipating, above normal on the east coast, below normal on the west coast in the Pacific Northwest. And here's the drought monitor, of course, in the center part of the country. Seems like a broken record, but it's the truth. And off to the west, we are finally putting a dent in that California Drought, but off in the center, like I say, that's really not doing well there over by Dodge City. And uh, hopefully, we can get something through there. But the target zone is going to still be over here. We have a lot of precipitation over the next 10 days forecast for the southeast. A couple inches, definitely not out of the question under some of the storms, but not a ton of snowfall. Most of that snowfall, again, is bottled up to the north with the cold air in Canada. Okay, so let's take a look at temperatures. We're gonna have uh, 25 degrees in Chicago for the high today and tonight. Things will cool off further north. You can see Bismarck at 12 degrees and temperature tomorrow, 87 down in Miami. All right, a look closer at home, Lynchburg, Virginia. Rain and snow mix, 43, 32. New Springfield, Ohio, mostly sunny. High 27, low 18. And Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, mostly sunny, high 47 and low 27.
1: Up next, it's one of the worst weeds in North Dakota. And experts say it may be getting harder to fight what farmers could soon be facing when it comes to kochia. Next.
4: Weed Warriors on Ag Day is brought to you by Fierce, a pre-emergence herbicide with three formulations. Learn more at valent.com fierce. Always read and follow label instructions.
1: A new report says some popular herbicides can no longer control kochia in North Dakota. North Dakota State University conducting a study that shows some kochia populations in the western part of the state have likely developed resistance to commonly used pre-plant burndown herbicides. Officials say kochia has become difficult to control in part due to the prolonged drought during the past several years. Kochia thrives in dry conditions and herbicides can be less effective when plants are stressed by drought. However, the NDSU study found drought stress wasn't the only issue since kochia plants survived herbicides they tested with little damage in a greenhouse. Now, the scientists also say some water hemp and palmer amaranth populations have been shown to resist group 14 herbicides used in soybeans. NDSU recommends monitoring fields three to five days after applying pre plant burn down herbicides to verify that weeds are being controlled. They say kochia should be sprayed when small, less than three inches, and use multiple modes of action in a tank mix for burndown or post-emergence applications. Now, since 1978, farmers have said kosher was one of the 10 worst weeds in the state. February 12th will be a big day for snackers. How much this year's food bill could cost you to feed all those football fans, next.
4: In the Country on Ag Day is brought to you by Pivot Bio. What if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed? Pivot Bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com.
1: The teams are set for this year's Super Bowl and if you're planning to host a party, there's a bit of good news. It's likely going to cost you less this year than it did a year ago when it comes to the food. Gloria Pasmino has the details on where you'll score the best deals.
6: It's just around the corner. The pressure, the excitement, the expense of hosting an epic Super Bowl party. But while the overall price of groceries is up 11.8% over this time last year, a new Wells Fargo Super Bowl food report reveals some game day dishes are now a little cheaper according to the report wing fans will see some relief in their snack food budget a pound of chicken wings is down 22 percent from last january due to an increase in supply if you're planning some fancier fare sirloin steak prices are also down and to top it all off go crazy with guac After a surge in prices in 2022, avocados are now at a bargain. The average retail price coming down 20% since last year. But if you want chips for that guac, it won't be all fun and games. The price of a 16 ounce bag of potato chips is up 22%, costing you $6.28 on average. And if you want to quench your thirst from all the salty snacks, that's going to cost you more too. The price of soda is up, with an average 2-liter going for $2.13. While that's not going to break the bank, beer is going to hit your wallet the hardest. Average prices jumping 11% since last year's big game. I'm Gloria Pasmino reporting.
1: And that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in from all of us here at Agden, Clinton Griffiths.
5: I'm great